Hello, I'm Ed. And I'm James. And uh, welcome to the election special of Beta. Um, so, we're, you know, it's obviously social media has been quite a big thing uh, during this election. Uh, papers has been full of um, targeted political ads um, and the relevant impact of that. So, what better than for us to return after a hiatus of, well, it's been three weeks? About three, four weeks. Yeah, three, yeah. four weeks um, to do this election special. And we're actually... For the first time in Beta's history, we have a special guest, uh, Steve. So, Steve, do you want to say hello? Yeah. (laughs) Hello, Steve. Excited to be here. Yeah. uh, So, Steve's actually the only one here who actually um, does have political experience. You know, he has got actually a proper level of expertise where we're just blaggers, essentially. So, you know, his his opinion does hold a bit more weight than ours. The kind of three themes that I felt that come out of um, this election is is this whole kind of furore about targeted political ads um, and uh, subsequently the actual impact of that. Um, so it's kind of two, two broad themes. And it does seem to be a kind of a hot topic in the, in the media. It seems to have become like something, another kind of thing to beat Facebook up with. Um, and it, you know, it, it was actually, it first started to, this, this, this form of political advertising, um, targeted political advertising, which is essentially um, targeting people, segments, so whether you're 18 to 24 year olds with a specific ad related to um, that audience, or whether you're on a specific marginal constituency. So for example, Kensington, they would um, target you with a specific ad. Um, and it first came about in 2015, um, and the Tories supposedly used it to great use. And it was um, it's actually, or it was, and I think it still is, um, on Facebook's business success stories, the, the Tories' 2015 use of Facebook. But it wasn't given much, you know, kind of much store then. But then subsequently we, we had Brexit and we've had Donald Trump. And now... Um, you know, this recent election, it became a you know, huge topic. And it, in some ways, you know, it feels like an extension of um, the whole Google Ferrari and, um, uh, you know, this advertising, you know, the kind of the boundaries of, of advertising, whether it's actually, you know, ethical. In the Google case, it was, you know, serving ads on um, kind of unsalubrious uh, content such as, um, you know, Islam, Islamic terrorism, um, but in this case, it's um, Facebook using targeted political ads to um, target specific audience that might waver on who they should vote for. So, you know, that's a very long monologue on what it actually is. Um, but I'm just gonna, you know, I mean, in your experience, Steve, uh, you know, obviously with your kind of your background and also you know where you work, would would you think? Do you do you think this is kind of something that's but would you put it in the same kind of category as the, the Google serving ads on, um, you know, kind of unsatisfactory content? Or would you say it's all, you know, fair and games in a kind of political campaign? Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of it's probably quite overblown. So mm-hmm. um, I think very much my, you know, my point would be really that I think most attraction it gets in like the traditional media is probably has a lot to do with the fact that it's the new media that's yeah. causing the problem. So it's all, they love like an opportunity to bash. And you stick to like beat Google yeah. or Facebook with. And it's quite funny, it comes does come really hot off the back of all the inappropriate content and 
terrorism related yeah. like content that was on those platforms. I think um, well, we might go into it more in detail, but most of the stuff that the political parties do, which I'm aware of either because I've heard about it or actually been targeted as a result of it, doesn't seem that dissimilar to what the average brand does to you know, yeah. shift washing powder or something like that. I suppose. But do you not think it's whether, whether people think um, that you know the consumer items they're sold to should be treated in a different way to like their political decisions? Do you not think it's more like a motive? I mean, you know, like you know, I looked at some of the ads that you know that were served to you know to people. I, I've got a list here, and I'll you know quickly dig it out and read it to you guys. You're sending something quite bad now, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's happened? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of to me, it's you know, it it, it wavers, it goes up in spectrum. So you have the kind of um, the fairly normal, so you know, there's a, there's a video from Theresa May warning that Jamie Corbyn could be in charge of Brexit negotiations that are scheduled to being uh, to begin on the 19th of June. Um, so you know, that's fairly kind of standard. You know, it's like you know, political advertising, which you know, in that sense, I don't have you know such a problem. Mm. You know, obviously, it's pinpointing um, Jamie Corbyn, which the whole you know this whole election, and it's more of a sidebar, became very presidential between you know two. Two leaders. And then it, it goes on. So there's another advert warning. Corbyn could be put in power thanks to the support from the Liberal Democrats and the SNP. So, you know, similar to uh, the previous 2015 election, the Coalition of Chaos. And then it goes on into uh, more about Theresa May's leadership. So, again, it's focusing on her. Actually, this, you know, unique from, because most of these ads didn't focus on her. It's more kind of um, contrasting with, with Corbyn. Uh, and then it comes, uh, yeah. so yeah, exactly. So now we're, we're kind of getting to realms of real American style of, of attack ads. And, um, you know, if I don't know if the listeners saw this, uh, but uh, perhaps we'll kind of link to this BuzzFeed article when we post the, the podcast. But it has um, a, t- a video attacking Corbyn for allegedly being weak on anti terror legislation and the armed forces, um, you know, so something like that, obviously, in the wake of. of you know what happened during this election is 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 a really emotive um, topic, and yes, they are using kind of speeches cobbled together, but it's um you know it, you know I would argue that it does present him in a, a light that he he wasn't arguing at you know during the during the election, which was that he would give police all the power that he wants. Yeah. So you know that's when it becomes I think more about. You know, using that terminology of fake news, or you know, and that's I, I think the, the risk. That's when it becomes, you know, unethical. I think, and um, and then it goes on to uh, advert that promises high taxes and economic chaos if Corbyn is elected prime minister. Yeah. So again, it's um, it's really ramping up the rhetoric to um, you know to kind of portray the Labour Party and Corbyn as this unelectable madman who, uh, you know, who'd endanger the country and we would be overrun by uh, a terrorist. And it's probably like, it's probably like a subtlety in there between like the message and the medium though. So I suppose if the original question is about what is our feeling about the use of hyper-targeting or yeah. like advanced targeting in social channels. That's slightly different to what they end up then putting in the, the actual message they use. So, so the two things are getting kind of like conflated. conflated. So what I suppose what I was saying was like 
you know, geographically targeting marginal constituencies, yeah. targeting demographics, interests, things like that, to kind of get that slot of space in front of someone yeah. is one thing, which I'm pretty happy with. Yeah. I think that technique is, is used in other parts of politics as yeah. well. So like the process of canvassing where someone comes around to your house, they're knocking on your door, you think they're just kind of like blindly going down the roads, but they have all sorts of scripts and sheets and they're collecting data on you like yeah. the Labour Party actually has a program called Voter ID yeah. but they're effectively trying to create like an identifier for each person yeah. and like score them as to whether they're going to vote and then they you know give go and visit them more to get them on the side so this that kind of happens but the message you deliver is quite quite different but and I think it, that's where there is some interesting stuff in this election I think um, so Amal Rajan who does yeah, the, the, is the media editor who's like kind of like a hot shot of the BBC who's used to he used to edit the Independent, so like they, he's pretty, he knows his stuff. Yeah. Did like a pretty good piece recently on the different online messages that we use by the two parties. Yeah. And a lot of the Labour stuff is more organic because yeah. of the way it works. They don't actually do as much pace up. Yeah. The contrast was quite different. The Labour Party stuff was more positive, uh, and the, neg- the Conservative stuff was a lot more negative. But even to the point where like you could you could see from like a still frame, so the classic like the anti-Corbyn one yeah. did, where it's all like black and white. Yeah. And it's like conspiracy music mm-hmm. it sounds like if you ever go on YouTube and you accidentally click on too many videos and you're watching one about the like, Illuminati or something yeah. like that, <laughs> it's like all that kind but of like sinister right. music yeah. whereas the Labour Party ones are all like shot in colour and like if there's a soundtrack it's more positive or so would you um... so the, the message is you know the message is important but then like when it comes to political like advertising and stuff there's always been a history of yeah. like, campaigns being pretty out there I'm but it does seem sure like it's the, sorry I was going to say I'm pretty sure that the, the Advertising Sanders Authority suspends um, any complaints against political ads or something? Yeah. I don't know whether we should like. I think we should probably double check that. But I'm yeah. pretty sure they do, right? Okay. Which is like it shows that just like there's nothing they can do. Like yeah. so much stuff gets put on posters and thrown out it's there so by quickly. parties. They just kind of suspend any action against yeah. them, which means they're almost endorsing them as saying that they're not fair and accurate because that's like the definitions by which they judge. Yeah, them. I mean that's. I mean you are right, but you know there is that you know history of this kind of. Um, negative political advertising you know there's that kind of what is it, the famous advert of you know close the doors what it, what was it you know there's that kind of queue of people you know it's like you know the last person switched the lights off or something oh, like yeah, that the, you that's know like the 92 yeah and there's also um uh, i remember there's a conservative late conservative poster i think from 1983 or you know around there of uh you know someone a soldier putting their arms up you know as in that they were they were giving up essentially they're handing over the the country so you know this emotive um, advertising this negative advertising has you're right has always existed I think the problem is is when you're using um, targeting uh, to a kind of niche audience that you can actually persuade whereas before it was you know to everyone in you know, mass yeah, yeah, yeah on mass so it's kind of I guess potentially less of an impact but if you're say you're targeting you know eighteen to 21 year olds who might be uh, you know families who, who are in the army then there's something a bit more I, I feel anyway a bit more unethical about mm. doing you know that kind of emotive creative to um, to that audience yeah. does that make sense? Yeah. I do I do agree I think the, especially the message the type of message and the platform well in this case social media that's being posted on I think has a huge impact I think because there's so much reverberation, like we hear the echo chamber and mm. things like that. Mm. I think when you put out a message with this evoking so much emotion and so much like this, that passion, yeah. passion, I think it's got a 
bigger impact than it would have elsewhere because you've got that sort of your you and your friends and everyone else have all probably got similar sorts of ideas and beliefs and those messages stay within that sort of network easier yeah. than elsewhere and I think as a psychologist I think mentioned that if you do not get challenged if your opinions do not get challenged then your opinions and beliefs in themselves become I think self-fulfilling yeah, yeah. Because, yeah and they become yeah. more stronger and, more, and, and they're actually it's, it's, it's a lot more dangerous in that sense yeah. so it's, on that note it's really interesting that you um, you know you mentioned that because this you know this argument kind of reminds me of what President or you know the ex-president, or do you still call him president? You call him Mr. Still call him Mr. President. Mr. President Obama. Um, you know what he said after the election, which um, unfortunately brought you know the great yellow-haired, permatanned uh, Donald Trump into power. And um, you know after that election, there was a big thing around fake news and the kind of impact of fake news and. You know, in some ways, you know, as we were talking about, I think there is that, that kind of parallel between these attack ads, which are targeting, you know, specific people, and what you said about kind of creating a self-fulfilling uh, self belief because it's just kind of reinforcing. And he said that, um, you know, the new media ecosystem means everything is true and nothing is true. Um, the information that reached people was increasingly shaped by what they wanted to be true and what was no longer in, ha in his hands or anyone else's. And Obama argued in the past, if Trump had made some of his controversial statements, academia, politicians, faith leaders would have denounced it, and there would be no way to not hear it. Um, but social media and Facebook in particular have changed that. And what he says, this has created a whole new permission structure, a sense of social affirmation for what was once thought unthinkable. Um, you know, I think, I love, you know, obviously... Um, yeah, you know, it's a very, it's a very nuanced opinion to what was a kind of very emotional election. But I think there is a lot of um, truth in that, you know, in that kind of, and it, it does. I do think there is that danger with creative ads of just of using that, of becoming, you know, because you know, if we, you know, if we saw the like we talked about the creative around Corbyn and um, not supporting the army or you know, not kind of being able to stand up for the economy or all these kind of things, you know, this is in a sense fake news, you know, obviously it's a, you know, but you're using sophisticated targeted capabilities to, you know, reach that audience with that fake news and, you know, there's nothing, because media has become so fragmented, there's nothing to kind of alter that opinion, you know, because you, as Obama says, you just stay, and as you were talking about, you stay within that bubble. So, you know, we know, for example, that you know Corbyn is not some. Uh, you know, he would support the army. He's not going to suddenly, you know, disband them and you know, kind of make them more civilians. You know, that that's <clears> nonsense. But you know, if you serve that kind of um, that ad by the Tory party, you know, and you were maybe young or whatever, you might believe that. Do you know what I mean? I think that's yeah. A I do to an extent. I still, I still can't work out in my head the inner logic to like the whole fake news and kind of social media techno structure that's supposed to be taking over because if the echo chamber thing makes sense in mm. terms of what you're saying the chambers already need to exist so yeah. everyone already needs to be divided so yeah fine fake news and then more targeted ads to those mm. people and they share them around 
It's like putting more petrol on the fire. But something there already must be some kind of division for that to be utilized. But do you think? I mean, I don't think that. You know, previously you guess what you're saying. People used to watch like broadcasts, yeah. media. Everyone had to watch the same. Exactly. Whereas now, like in it's the so US, initially like cable TV, and then yeah. now like online, people can fall into their own. Yeah, and it's just fueling. So you might not. I mean, for example, you might not have an opinion about it, but suddenly yeah. you're served, you know, a piece of content. But if you don't have an opinion, wouldn't you fall into a kind of? You wouldn't be as hard into an echo chamber as like someone who was like a kind of. But then serious you, kind of Trump supporter. Yeah, but you have you still be getting a mix of content. But you have to be awakened. You, do you know what I mean? So if you're, you know, at some point, you know, for example, like Trump came from nowhere, and there's a reason why he did that. He was able to energize a fan base who previously, you know, had no opinion or didn't vote. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I think through, you know, some fake news or emotive creative or whatever about you know bringing back America he was able to energize people and you know solidify an opinion that they might not have had already they might obviously they they could have been distrustful of of government or Mm. you know big government and but you know Trump helps awaken that does that make sense you know I think that is a role that it can play you know that it becomes a stimulus yeah it's more it's more fuel yeah but I think it's interesting to think well how that there's already that division there anyway mm. that someone can latch onto. But do you, I mean, it's like, you know, it's probably more wider, but I think like division is, is always, you know, socioeconomic or mm-hmm. it's, you know, uh, it's kind of gender, not gender, generation, you know, so we obviously, you know, this election, this big election was, you know, generational, you yeah. know, that's so, those divides are always, I guess, going to be there, which, you know, if we kind of like progress this argument is actually does it have any impact? You know, if we if we if we think if we think about it, if we think actually these divides are there already, all you're doing is sort of like the Daily Mail. You know, you're just preaching to the converted. So, you know, for example, Theresa May could target eighteen to twenty-three year olds with you know, an advert that is saying that Corbyn, you know, is going to cut the army, mm-hmm. but it's not going to have any cut through with them because they already have that belief. But again, I think, for instance, if you just look at Facebook and you say, t- say, take the old community, you, the old, they've got their friends, they've got their family, they're likely to be sharing and, and engaging in similar sorts of conversations. If they see a post, for instance, that is of a completely polar argument mm. something which they don't like you could easily unfriend them remove them from yeah. the street and that's it they're gone you've, you've, you're still in that sort of in that bubble and you're you're curating it to like keep it like that I so, like so what we, I mean what we are we saying then that that the creative is there is a kind of unethical <laughs> raison d'etre around the creative that we you know the the creative we might have problems with that we think is unethical but the targeting we don't as such but in the end we all think that has no impact whatsoever no I, I think it has an impact I think we're all saying it has an impact but it goes into the part of other stuff right but you know actually, yeah. I mean because I don't know if it, to, to be honest I don't think it does have an impact you know I really, no I, I think you know it was used as um case study for Brexit, it was used for Trump, mm. uh, 
but I think, you know, going back to the kind of the conversation already, I think the foundations were there already. And I don't think these targeted ads, you know, using that kind of, um, you know, the example earlier, you know, if I was, if an 18 24 year old was targeted with an ad from Theresa May, you know, she's not, or he or she, are unlikely to vote for Theresa May. So it, has, it doesn't have, what, how can it have an impact if, if these, People already have a kind of pre. But I just think, sorry, sorry. Go on. I was going to say just because they just because they've executed the strategy badly doesn't mean it will have an impact. So I think maybe the Conservatives didn't do well this time because they neglected the youth vote, so they didn't even try and create like an advert for eighteen twenty four year olds. But they did. I, I mean, mean, they were on like. Um, but they just blanketed out those ones you've taken us through already. I think, yeah. They, right. That's yeah, and they're also like doing advertising on Snapchat. I mean, okay. they really. But, but the stuff that Jeremy Corbyn did, or like the, you know, the much mocked. Yeah grind for Corbyn yeah. or whatever but there's examples of loads of like kind of mini campaigns through there that were quite well targeted but that grind for Cor- Corbyn that was I mean, that's obviously organic yeah that's what I mean that's, that, that was on, you know organic campaign I think the, the thing that Brexit and Trump and you know Corbyn obviously Corbyn lost but they all had this an actual overarching message that was a motive do you know what I mean it was about kind of changing something mm. or, you know doing something that you know that was able to energise people and social was a reflection of that rather than targeting ads changing that. Does that make sense? You know, it helps. Yeah, yeah. Does that, it's kind of, of, the social network can only amplify what the initial idea is. And yeah. If the campaign idea is pretty weak. Yeah. If it's not that, and if, 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 uh, if, uh, you know, if they, they're not interested in it or it's not relevant you know, to them, then it's not going to, you know, so for example, you know, Theresa May. Like they, they must have spent shitloads, you know, doing these types of ads. You, I mean, you were talking about, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you saw a lot about, yeah, you know, and on Instagram as well. I was targeted, and I've got you know friends who are targeted by Theresa May. But that, you know, they were already, they were, like I said, they were never going to vote for Theresa May. So you could be targeted with a much um, as many kind of of these ads that you want, but because it's not resonating with you, you know, and it never will because of the, the foundation of the, the Tory party and what they stand for. It's never going to have an impact. Does that make sense? I think I know what you're saying, but I think you were like, you're, you're conflating like, that doesn't mean that like, the stuff we've been discussing about targeting Facebook, yeah. how you do the creative, that's just more, that's the underlying like, brand in a sense, yeah. trying to like, make a difference. Like, if, if no one's going to like, this political party, this brand, yeah. it doesn't really matter, but, where people do to an extent, I think you can still change perceptions using like these kind of companies. I mean, I definitely think, you know, if we're talking about brand and marketing, well, 100% I think you can create perceptions, but when it's something so, so, so kind of passionate about politics and the people, most of the people who vote are, you know, people who are interested in politics. Yeah, there'll still be a lot of people who are like undecided. Yeah. I think, you know, I don't know whether all these all these ads that we saw and then we're like well this isn't going to make a difference yeah. because they're also just trying to like get all these undecided people or people that have no interest at all yeah. like that maybe that's doing it because there's always this one of the reasons why apparently politicians always repeat the same line like all yeah, the time because is because yeah but it's mm-hmm. because you know if, like, if you watch loads of politics shows and read newspapers all the time like I do you're like in the middle of it and you just hear that all day but if you're someone who like dips in and out and you yeah. only hear one thing a month they want to make sure they're always putting the same message out yeah. so that you, you get that. Yeah. That's really, I mean, that's a, you know, that's really true. I read um, 
I think it's Jonathan Friedland, he went to a focus group and he was talking about how these people have formed like their political opinion and it wasn't from, you know, TV or whatever, it was from, you know, bits in social media, something, you know, that their friends had said and that they picked up and, yeah. you know, from that they've been able to formulate a kind of opinion. But Therefore, like, if that's true, like, social presence, like, doing a bit on YouTube, whatever, it all seems like quite small, small for to work, but, like, it's all just opportunities to get a chance to get in front of someone. I else. guess it shows, though, that, you know, the fact that if you haven't got the authenticity, you know, then you, you, there's no, you're not, you're not hiding to nothing, really. Do you know what I mean? That you need some sort of, if you, you need some sort of kind of credibility, and I think, you know, there, just, there wasn't that credibility with Theresa May for her to kind of, you know, for, for, for these targeted ads to make a difference. Mm. You know, I, I guess, that, you know, that's probably a better way of looking at it. Whereas, you know, Brexit, you know, <laughs> because of the emotive messaging about 350 million, there's a greater credibility and a greater kind of opportunity for that to have a huge impact on, you know, specific... Uh, audiences that they were Yeah, I mean, I suppose, like, a more extreme example of it is, like, say there's, like, an oil spill with, like, B- mm. BP. Uh, during that time, it doesn't matter what their adverts mm. are like, there's some exactly. other factor that's so big outside yeah. that people aren't basically listening to. Yeah. So her equivalent is, like, the dementia tax or whatever yeah. stuff she did where, like, her general standing, like, dropped so much yeah. that the ads didn't make a difference. Yeah. If she had been, like, riding super high, those ads might have, like, that's felt about, like they yeah. kind of fit in. And probably because of the way that they plan their content, like, we all know how this works, like, this wouldn't have been super reactive. They probably had designed these up when she was yeah. doing great. And they had 19 you know, points ahead. Yeah, and they were like, great, we'll just throw some of these out. But then the does, that, you know, does that make these ads just kind of self-fulfilling? Does that make sense? That you can basically bend the narrative to how you want to fit it, but it's kind of, if you run, <laughs> if you're, if you run a good campaign and you win, then all of a sudden these political ads, and I'm sure this would have happened, you know, that, you know if she'd won they would have said this is down to, you know, the amount of money they spent on Facebook and targeted ads and blah, blah, blah. You know, like they did for, you know... It's like the Obama thing. Yeah, like the Obama, exactly. Like they're obsessed with the idea that Obama won in 2008 yeah. because they had these stupidly smart guys yeah. running these, like, Facebook pages. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's absolutely rubbish. Yeah. Like, there's no, you know, like... It, it, yeah, that's what I mean. People it, always rewrite history afterwards exactly. to say, like... Yeah, it's unrealistic yeah. because like he had like a great ground campaign, yeah. and like the whole country, whole world was behind him. Like there's loads of other factors. But that's it. I, but it's I just misattribution. It is that kind of you know it is that ground campaign. If we look at like you know if we move away from the stories and look at Labour, their social media campaign was you know organic and uh, you know from the ground up, and I think that has or had a lot more credibility in terms of like motivating people, especially young people. Because it was um, because it was organic, and it you know it wasn't seen as like forced. So you know, to your point about Grant for Corbyn, you know, that's a very kind of you can you can imagine if you're young, you're like, wow, but, you know, this is really, I'm gonna you know vote for him or something. Um, you know, he stands for something. And I think you know that is that is where social media is actually really powerful in kind of motivating the audience to go out and vote. I mean, you you guys probably saw it on your timelines but like my, my timeline was awash with getting trying to get young people out to vote you know and it's kind of and I think that kind of organic movement on social media I think spreads out from that you know it has a kind of ripple effect to bring in more people you know and I think that is much more powerful than you know targeted ads does that make sense mm-hmm. you know 
and but also with with, with social media, especially the, the ability to alter your message after things come up, like so with the dementia tags and things like that. Yeah. If you realise that some things aren't mm. resonating well with an audience, opposed to like an out of home advert, big billboards, and all these other yeah. traditional ways of advertising, yeah. digital allows you to change oh, yeah, that. Yeah. Don't I mean pretty much look? You know, like obviously I work in social media. I think. It is an amazing platform, marketing platform. But I do, when it comes to politics, I think there is some, you know, like Steve was saying, there's a misattribution to the actual impact and influence that it can have. You know, and this conspiracy theory around like Cambridge Analytica and, you know, the impact that it had on Brexit and this, you know, whether that's, is that actually true or did they just have a very emotive campaign that you know mm -hmm. got a lot of grassroots going and then yeah. that kind of like trickled onto social media as well rather than like, these kind of campaign ads, you know these attack targeted ads you know so I think there's you know that's my kind of frustration with reading these like thought pieces and now we have all these thought pieces around labour and like how they and it's kind of you know, you can imagine that they had to bin all these articles that they're going to write about Tories and like all these, and now they're kind of trying to find, you know, like saying social is what's not won it for Labour because obviously they didn't win it, but helped swing it, you know, because, but it's, yeah. It's just mad, it's mad though. So it's, it's a bit like the whole like country runs on content. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's like the election was potentially run, won because of all this content yeah. and then because different parties did better all the journalists write all this content saying how great yeah, they yeah. are like, it's just just endless yeah. like, generation just of endless information and consumption yeah. and like going back over the past yeah. but I'd love to do like um, you know actual study um, you know I know it's I guess it's a hard one to do but to actually see you know the kind of the impact of um, you know social media obviously particularly for young people 25 to 34 year old in this election I would warrant that there would be some impact in terms of kind of like we talked about the grassroots force, you know, the kind of the enabling of, of that, that, that that gave it and that feeling of being part of something rather than um, these attack ads. I wonder if there was kind of maybe one of the things I was thinking of that might be one of the drivers of this is like all the like paid for prepared advertising is very like broadcast orientated. Yeah. And I think that worked really well on YouTube and I'll give you an example of that in a minute. But then, like, because Facebook's such a, like, sharing platform, the whole, yeah. like, economy of Facebook's about sharing. And yeah. That's kind of why you have fake news and all these yeah. things and why I'm not necessarily a massive fan of Facebook because I think, like, Mark Zuckerberg's kind of, like, in some ways, like, inverted the whole way that, like, society works. Yeah. So, like, sharing and popularity and quantity of, like, sharing stuff between people has, like, more value than, like, professionalism or accuracy. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you have 50, like, nobodies together, they share content, and then one, like, professor generates a written report in, like, the Facebook economy, like, that guy's worth nothing and the others are worth more. Yeah. And in the normal society, it was flipped the other way around. Yeah. And then maybe, like, there should be something more in halfway in the middle, but I'm not sure I agree with the Mark Zuckerberg view of it. Um, but uh, what the Tories do on YouTube, for instance, which is more of a... isn't really a social network, is it? It's more like a broadcast yeah. channel. Was Every time I was on there, there's all the... YouTube content, which in some sense is like the editorial content, although that's actually all generated by people anyway, but then it's interspersed all the ads. And what they did, I think because I was in the marginal constituency, is the whole week before, I didn't see a single ad on YouTube that wasn't that conservative attack mm. ad. But like impression after impression, nothing was capped. 
they were not like limiting it. it just yeah. it had a hundred percent like share of my yeah. advertising like voice <laughs> on YouTube, and that had more impact on YouTube because it was the only other stuff there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. if they've been paying for ads to slot into my newsfeed around either other paid content or like other people in my echo chamber sharing yeah. stuff. I don't think they would have had as much, I would have even noticed it as much yeah. because it was just like and it's one relentless. I think that's because YouTube more it's a, just like a digital version of a traditional broadcasting channel. Yeah. That you know their ads made more sense there and yeah. probably had more effect there. I think. Yeah. But when they tried to just deploy them onto you know onto um, Facebook, they're not going to work because people just to share them. And then, and then maybe that links to what you were going to say. Like the only people who be bothered to share them are then the people who are hundred yeah. percent converted into. Only if you were like diehard going to vote for the Conservative Party would you start sharing exactly. the content. Yeah. And also Therefore, think, by definition, what's the point you're sharing it because you already, you're already going to vote for them and you're only going to share it to other people. Like, but it's interesting that kind of the difference between the platforms, obviously, like on a news feed, you know, you can quickly just scroll past yeah. it. So, you know, I could, yeah, these were like non skippable yeah. as well. You well, they were pre roll, five second kind of. Yeah, like, and some of them were like fixed pre rolls where okay. you couldn't even, like, you, I had to give up watching the video if I wanted to miss it. Yeah. yeah, I watched it so many times. So, so I re remember the music. Yeah. It's really, like, sinister. <laughs> but the other thing is, I think, because the, the way they, because maybe because they turn them around quickly or because they don't have loads of money or whatever. They don't pay for rights for like good music, so yeah. it's also like kind of like those like it's one of those like free or like you know those like special tracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That like, uh, did you guys see? This is not um, about kind of advertising, but did you see the the guy? I think he's a Yorkshire um, MP who did his own kind of. Um, <laughs> electoral video it's like Alan Partridge it's like fantastic he really? kind of like marches and like hi I'm <laughs> <laughs> like what anyway, I guess it works like, it sticks with you yeah. you should share it but yeah so what happened in your constituency by the way like did you so I was in like a Tory, Tory Labour marginal mm. which I think is why there was so much um, so many ads like delivered yeah uh, but in the end the uh, Labour Party won by a good so 12,000 majority oh wow yeah, so, yeah. Lot, yeah. so that's what I mean exactly so, so that was yeah obviously the ads there didn't work <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's but, what I mean yeah. it's kind of you know like does it I don't know does it really you know have so much of an impact I mean we can talk about this for hours and we're actually you know going round and round but you know I think these kind of conversations always do open up uh, you know new avenues of thinking and um, you know obviously we would love to hear from uh, our one listener to see what they they might think of um, you know of, of how effective or if they have any impact um, and no doubt it's something that's going to be you know rolling on and on I think the electoral commission are going to look at it about how much money they're spending there's something around Brexit and leave.eu about you know their use of Cambridge Analytica so no doubt it'll be in your newspapers um, you know in the coming months but yeah I mean it's interesting for us just as kind of uh, social observers and political geeks to see, um, you know, what, how this works, how this has rolled out and, and the impact that it had. And I don't know, it sounds like we haven't got any unanimity in the, in the room, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it was good to have a good discussion about it anyway. Um, yeah, so thank you for listening. And thank you, Steve, for coming along. No worries. Uh, I hope you I really come back it. again. No, that's good. <laughs> that's good. We'll invite you back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cheers. Bye-bye, everyone.